Welcome to another episode of This Is My Generation, a podcast full of information for parents in the early years of homeschooling who are seeking clarity and encouragement to get through the uncertainty of homeschooling and build a thriving education for their family. I'm Dr. Melanie Bisson, the founder and owner of Generation, a company transforming education for the six plus million parents now paving their own educational path for their kids, the next generation. We do this through our group coaching program, Harvest, where parents sow seeds of clarity in their vision and goals, reap the fruits that come from being aligned in your approach and programs, stay rooted in empowerment and thrive together in community. You can follow us on Instagram at underscore this is my generation. everyone and welcome back. Today's episode is all about reshaping education for our kids and our family and getting to reclaim our own education in the process, which is a topic that's really near and dear to my heart. It's sort of like the cornerstone of my journey and my pursuit of my doctorate in education and how I who never imagined myself having kids, let alone homeschooling them and sort of challenging the status quo, basically got here and why I'm sharing my journey with others. So I'm excited to share it with you. Uh, Hopefully it doesn't go too long. I'm working on not making my outlines and notes be quite as long because I know if you guys are like me, I don't like it when a podcast takes me like two to three days to get through because I can only listen to them while I'm in the shower because just life and kids and other things. So Um, here's the deal. So we're going to start diving deeper. You know, if you've been following along chronologically thus far, uh, you know, sort of into the world of homeschooling and explore how it challenges really everything we thought we knew about education, because it is about dismantling the traditional notions that have been ingrained in us for just generations and rebuilding them in a way that works for us and our kids. Right. So in the next 20 minutes or so, I'm going to be tackling just various topics that sort of collectively make up the crux of a classroom experience in a traditional school and what that means for us as homeschooling families. So basically it's sort of like each one is like a stepping stone on this path to reimagining education for ourselves and fitting it into our own personal education philosophies. So everything from, you know, traditional classroom setup, standardized testing, curriculum, adapting to our children's individual learning preferences, parent teacher roles, you know, grade levels, homework, all that kind of stuff. So The goal for this episode is to be really just a fresh perspective on education and that stepping stone into how we are just going to take apart and rebuild what we believe about education for our own families. And it's really just about embracing that freedom that homeschooling offers and discovering just all of the possibilities. So, all right, let's, the first one I have is classroom setting. And so I want to just kind of delve into the concept of what that is and why it's essential to dismantle this notion when transitioning to homeschooling because you know the traditional classroom as we know it is a fixed structured environment right it's rows of desks it's a teacher at the front it's students sitting in neat rows it's a very familiar site for us but it's important i think to recognize that the setup may not be the best fit for every child's learning style or pace like i discovered with josiah that it was good for him to have a desk opposite of me in my office. And that was because he had a formal classroom for the last couple of years. And that's where he really can separate like his play space and his like Lego desk in his room to like, mommy's now asking you to come and sit for an hour and to do this. Um, And we take breaks, but like I've put a whiteboard and like, he now will come to that space when he wants to do something like creative and constructive. And so it works for us. But There's families that just do it only outside or just do their schoolwork from the couch and beanbags or on the kitchen table and leave things out. Like it's 
when we decide to homeschool, we're it's recognizing that we're not bound by those constraints of thinking of what we know of a traditional classroom. Because I think even if you were homeschooled yourself, or even if your child has never stepped foot into a traditional classroom, like it's still what we see, what we hear, what we know about the norms of society. And we can reimagine that learning environment and we, we should, and we kind of need to, right? So it might mean like, again, learning in that cozy reading nook, or, you know, maybe you're conducting experiments in the kitchen and just doing science lessons outside for the day. And you never actually formally sit down to do math or something, right? There's endless possibilities. And we've talked about the practicality of this a little bit in one of the prior episodes, I think maybe six or seven, but what I'm getting at is that homeschooling allows us to open up a world of flexible learning that adapts to the child, not the other way around. So now we get to create the space where learning is natural and an organic process, not confined to the four walls of a classroom. Homeschooling opens up a world of flexible learning environments that adapt to the child, not the other way around, right? So it's about creating that space where learning is just natural and it's it's not forced, right? So along with the physical setup, I think the curriculum is always like that next piece that most parents jump right into when deciding to homeschool. And when thinking of what's required in dismantling what we know and believe about education, I think shifting from a curriculum-centric approach to a child-centric approach say that 10 times fast, is a big one. Um, I truly believe that shift is is the heart of homeschooling's just transformative power because it's the shift that takes the most energy too. And so like, if you think back to before you had kids, like, did you ever think about or wonder who contributed to the curriculum in public schools and how they decided what was important enough to teach and what was able to be left out? Like, How were decisions made about standards and what needed to be learned by what grade? Aside from like the occasional whimsical remarks about like, well, what are they, what are they teaching kids these days? Like, it's not really something talked about. It's just an accepted norm, right? So to, to dive into decision making for our children and a curriculum is a really big deal. And it's often the most overwhelming and nerve wracking one when getting started. Because traditional education revolves around that fixed curriculum where every student is expected to follow the same pre-planned path. It's, you know, like that one size fits all suit that might be too tight for some and too loose for others. But the beauty of homeschooling is we can break free from that constraint. And it it takes a lot of mindful practice. And putting your child at the center of the education means that you recognize that each child is unique. It's their they are their own individuals with their own set of interests and strengths and passions and just acknowledging that your child is not just another student, but they get to be this new little budding explorer and they're going to chart their own course. And so in practical terms, this means tailoring education to your child's unique interests. We've really like just brushed the surface on this in past episodes, but you know, imagine your kid's eyes just lighting up when they delve into a science lesson about a topic that they're genuinely excited about that they chose, you know, whether it's Josiah's at the age, you know, it's dinosaurs or space exploration or marine life. Like we just did a big thing about manatees and sea world and getting to explore all of those things. You know, in a child-centric approach, you have the flexibility to explore those passions at, at a shallow level or as deeply as you want to. And it's not just about choosing subjects they love. It's also about letting them set the pace. You know, some kids might breeze through certain topics while needing more time for others. And that's perfectly okay. 
This flexibility allows children to really grasp concepts and develop a deep love for learning because they're not bound by these rigid timelines. They're not pressured by the pace of their peers. They're not held accountable to, okay, learn the material, regurgitate it on a test, and then maybe we'll come back to, to test the understanding, you know, in another few months. And, you know, I know it's sort of like in this time constraint, it, it, it seems like a really fast and quick dig on traditional education. And there's, there's so many important reasons why they have that fixed curriculum when, when you do need to move mass amounts of children through the learning environment and for the, you know, the whole of society. But when we're talking about the reasons why we are choosing to homeschool, it's for us, it's encouraging that interdisciplinary learning, right? When a child-centric model, subjects get to blend seamlessly because they're relevant and interesting. And, you know, so they're going to maybe explore history through literature or learn math concepts through cooking. And, and they get to delve into science by doing like hands-on experiments. They're not just having to go block by block by block. And learning becomes this dynamic and really interconnected journey rather than just this compartmentalized checklist, right? But, and I want to say this, you know, there, this is a big but, shifting from a fixed curriculum, you know, traditional school mindset doesn't have to be like all in on the child-centric approach. It's not about making a leap to like eclectic homeschooling because that's not for everyone. We are classically educating our boys and we, we, we lean very heavily on like academic rigor, not, but not for eight hours a day, right? So for us, homeschooling retains that curriculum-centric feel on the academic side, but then the children lead everywhere else. So interests lead our spare time, which is a lot because, again, at five years old, like I'm only spending 60 to 90 minutes a day with Josiah on his curriculum work. So this isn't to say that dismantling traditional school with regard to like the fixed curriculum equates to like total freestyling, right? It's just about breaking the code and molding it to your educa educational philosophies and goals, okay? So with that, I do want to pause and just tell you about a really awesome event I have coming up. It's a four-day free training series from September 19th to the 22nd. It's a Tuesday through Friday. It's completely free. It'll be housed on Facebook. The link to register on my website is in the show notes, but I'm calling it Fall Focus. And the idea is that we get to harvest confidence from planting seeds of clarity in our homeschooling. And so I've got four awesome sessions. I'm just going to run through them to kind of pique your interest. And then you can go register afterwards. It's completely free if you're interested. So the first day on Tuesday, we're going to be leading a live session called Decide with Confidence, Unveiling the Path to Purposeful Homeschooling. And that's where you get to discover my proven framework that I did during my dissertation journey. That's really like what I call your secret weapon for making confident homeschooling decisions and just getting rid of the uncertainty. Then on Wednesday, I'm doing the art of judging and transforming your homeschool space. And I just love that idea of like really transforming it, making it yours, um, but without all the, the Pinterest stuff and giving like lots of practical tips and ways to do that. Then day three is like rules, what rules? And where the title is embracing your role as a generational rebel in homeschooling. And this is all a lot about what we're talking about today, which is really breaking down step-by-step step and dismantling this notion of traditional school and diving into like who you are going to be in homeschooling and how to articulate that and defend that to others if you choose to do so. And then the main event, which I'm super excited about on Friday, 
The other three will be on Facebook live and, and the replays will be available, but Friday will be on Zoom live with Dr. Katie Scott, who is a dear friend of mine and also a coach in the Harvest program. But it, the title is Empowered, How to Navigate and Alleviate Your Stress Relief Roadmap for Confident Homeschooling. And we're basically handing you a very powerful stress relief roadmap as your key to calm, confident homeschooling. And she has it in her book, uh, but she's basically breaking down the decision tree that you get to walk through and be armed with anytime you might face a decision, a new pathway, a difficult circumstance, a stressor, you name it. Um, she's taking it out of the book, giving it to just us for free on that Friday. And I'm super excited about it. So thank you for letting me take that, that quick pause to tell you about Fall Focus. Go to the show notes. Um, so you can get to the website and register for free. It starts on the 19th. So, okay. And we've talked about how every child is unique, right? And that uniqueness sort of extends to how they learn best. Uh, I think it was last episode, we really dived into like the individual learning preferences and how some are visual, who thrive with like diagrams and illustrations and others are auditory. And then there's our, our lovely kinesthetic learners who just really need all of the hands-on aspects to, to grasp concepts. And in traditional classrooms, these diverse learning styles can sometimes be overlooked, right? Because the kids are finding themselves struggling to fit into that one-size-fits-all model. And this is where homeschooling really gets to shine, um, in my opinion. And so diving into the importance of identifying your child's specific learning preference. Remember, we say preference instead of episodes or, um, sorry, style. Preference instead of style. Um, we want to be able to observe them, right? And so that's why we get the time now to really just sit and understand how they process information most effectively, identify where they're thriving best, you know, depending on each subject area. And then once you figure that out, you can tailor each teaching approach to align with their preferences, right? It's basically like having a personalized roadmap for their educational journey. And when children are learning in a way that then resonates with them, right, it's not a chore, it's, it's an actual adventure. That's what we want for our kids. It's to be excited about learning. And so embracing that individualized learning preference is such a part of homeschooling that is different than that traditional class that we really have to dismantle it and continue to break it down. And rather than always putting on something for them and then getting frustrated when they're not adapting to it, really just taking the time to patiently sit back and observe them in some of these tasks to see especially at the elementary age when they can't quite articulate what their needs are um, to be able to see where, where that goes. And we're really going to continue to unpack this in future episodes, but like the takeaway in reimagining education is that like a one-on-one -on -one or a small group environment where they aren't like quote unquote on all the time or like performing all day, that's where our children and students learn and perform differently. And as parents, we need to adjust for that mentally with our expectations around how we spend our time, what we expect their responses to certain like things that we ask them to do or certain subject areas, as well as like the time we actually dedicate to formal learning. So we have that. And then we have all this time now, right? Because I just mentioned like, oh, we only spend 60 to 90 minutes a day. And so we discover a whole lot of like shifting dynamics of teaching and parenting in the homeschool environment, right? They sort of like naturally want to fight one another, at least the kids in my house do. <laughs> but it's been a common question in so many of the groups that 
next week, I, Katie, uh, Dr. Katie Scott is coming on to talk about it with us because, you know, in traditional schools, teachers are primary educators, but at home, you know, parents are that educator. And so we're not just that supportive role anymore. We're doing both. And this dynamic is just, it's truly transformative and one that takes a, a patient long-term goal approach, you know, because parents become not just caregivers, but we're also facilitators and partners in our child's education. And you're not simply delivering prepackaged lessons. You know, you're actively involved in tailoring the learning experience, no matter what type of, you know, maybe packaged curriculum you do have. And, you know, you have the opportunity to deeply understand your child's strengths and areas where they might need more support. And that's a big adjustment for both of you, no matter how young you start homeschooling. And so, you know, you might worry about your ability as a mother or a father to effectively educate your children. You might fear that you lack the qualifications of a professional teacher. You know, I'm a doctor of education and I still wrestle with this because it's a little too easy to watch someone else play the role on Instagram and make yourself feel inadequate by circumstance, right? But friends, like you are well-equipped for this role, okay? Part of being a parent is providing the valuable foundation for teaching because you already know your child's strengths, you know their weaknesses, and you probably have a look into their learning preferences too. Like this key is, like the key I think is to view yourself as a facilitator of learning rather than a traditional teacher. Like you don't need to have all of the answers. You can explore, you can learn together with your child. That's why places like Generation, what we're doing here in the Harvest Program exists. It's to provide you with resources and support groups and access to educational materials to boost your confidence and competence. And balancing the roles of a parent and a teacher can also sometimes, I think, blur the boundaries in a parent-child relationship because it's normal to worry about being too lenient as a parent and too strict as a teacher, you know, feeling that it will lead to potential conflicts and power struggles. And that's why it's important to maintain open communication with our children throughout the homeschooling journey. You know, when we remind ourselves that homeschooling provides an opportunity to strengthen the parent-child bond, I think it allows us to be much more flexible in the learning environment. It's okay for the roles to overlap at times, right? Like it would be wise of us to remember that nurturing a positive relationship with our children is equally, if not more important than the academic achievements. And this is true even for like the classical academic-minded educators like myself. Set clear expectations and boundaries, allowing for a balance between that nurturing parent and the guiding teacher to come forth, and you're already going to be 10 steps ahead, all right? So now that you're hopefully kind of like nodding heads with me and, and on all of this sort of shift from thinking about traditional school to homeschooling, the big one is this notion of grade levels. You know, the big one in terms of like really needing to be deconstructed and dismantled is grade levels and where students like quote unquote should be. Like this is one of those everyday, all day issues and mode of comparison for parents. And so I want to challenge the traditional grade level system that often dictates a child's progress in favor of homeschooling's freedom to deconstruct this notion and really like embrace multi-age learning. Okay. Because that grade level system can be limiting. It assumes that children of the same age should be at the same academic level. And it overlooks the fact that children develop at different paces. Like it's almost an 80 year old concept that began as like mixed classroom schoolhouses became a thing of the past. And there are like no robust peer reviewed studies that say like 
well, if the children learns to read before the age of seven instead of 11, like they're going to be more successful in X, Y, Z, right? Like they just don't, those studies don't exist. And that's why homeschooling allows us to break free from these constraints. Like children can progress based on their abilities and interests rather than an arbitrary grade. We probably know this in our hearts, but it's a feeling that we need to justify it to others that I think can make many mothers flustered. Because if your child excels in math but needs more time with writing, you now get to have the flexibility to tailor their education accordingly. But it doesn't mean you're going to stop hearing questions from family and friends and whatever, and that can just be frustrating. Um, you know, and this personalized approach gets to ensure that both the learner, like our kids, right, are, are challenged, but that it's still something achievable. And that and that's a delicate balance. And there's also a tremendous benefit to foregoing the idea of grade levels if you have multiple kids in the home or if you're working alongside like a homeschool co-op. Because when children of various ages learn together, like they're just exposed to a wide variety of perspectives and abilities. Like the older kids get to take on mentorship roles and nurture that sense of responsibility and leadership. And then the younger ones benefit from observing their peers and learning from the older ones who've already like tackled those certain subjects or concepts. Right. And it's, it's just a, a dynamic that I think really fosters a sense of collaboration and community rather than, you know, competition. So naturally you're going to see a more supportive learning environment there because they're not constrained by grade level expectations Parents can work to ensure that you really grasp like the found foundational concepts thoroughly before moving on to new areas. And it's this personalized approach to education that really acknowledges that children develop uniquely and just embrace their own strengths and interests. And then they get empowered and they're going to be more self-directed and all of those really just awesome things that you hear us theoretically talk about, but then you get to experience yourself, right? When we break free from those traditional expectations, right? And so that sort of makes like a, a perfect transition into like, okay, well, how do we grade students that don't have a grade level or traditional benchmarks? <clears throat> ah, so you may have guessed where I'm going with the aspect of traditional education that probably needs to be dismantled uh, most frequently, and that's standardized testing. So I think it's the one that like parents and kids get most excited about, like not partake in. <laughs> but it's still easy to get subtly caught up in, right? You know, standardized testing is, has really become synonymous with traditional schooling. It's that yardstick that's used to like measure a student's knowledge and skills, and it's woven into the fabric of district funding and teacher pay and so on. But it's vital to recognize that it's not the only or even necessary or best whatever way to assess a child's learning progress. You know, indeed, standardized tests like often focus on rote memorization and regurgitation of facts, and they might not capture, you know, that child's critical thinking abilities. You're not going to get the creativity and real world problem solving skills. And, and in a homeschooling environment, you know, where we may utilize like non-traditional curriculum, like this can be difficult for many families. But I think fortunately, we have the opportunity to explore alternative methods of assessing learning because homeschooling allows us to take a more holistic approach to evaluation. We can use diverse methods like uh, portfolio assessment or project-based evaluations or just discussions to gauge a child's growth. You know, it's about shifting our focus from test scores to learning experiences. And so what do homeschooling families do instead to measure progress and assess understanding? Because of course, like having strong opinions against 
standardized testing is almost never about the need and desire for assessments, right? It's rather what their purpose is, who they're serving, you know, in our case, our family and examining our goals rather than what the government or district benchmarks are, right? Like, absolutely, I still want to assess my child and understand if he is understanding the material, but it doesn't have to be with a timed bubble test or the stressors that come with that. I can find creative ways to do that. You know, you can allow them to demonstrate their knowledge and skills in just real world, meaningful context. Like it could be a presentation at a co-op or a friendly competition with siblings, or even just like subtle questions on science or history field trips. And if you live in a state where requirements are strict and you have strong convictions about not conducting testing, then utilize the homeschool groups and resources in your area to find an evaluator who understands the legal side and can provide accommodations that fit within that scope. Because I don't care how many times you say it's not available, it is available. There's always accommodations. There's always uh, meaningful and, and simple enough workarounds if you take the time to find them. Okay. All right. So I, as I wrap up this episode, I just want to mention like one last fundamental shift that homeschooling sort of promotes the idea of, and that's moving from a focus on homework to just fostering a love for lifelong learning. And I think, you know, even as I now get into this journey with Josiah, it's it might not be homework, but I still might be fussing about completing a worksheet or finishing something a hundred percent or, you know, just making a different fuss about like we didn't finish this book or I didn't check something off my list that I wanted to get done. And in traditional schools, like homework is often viewed as that necessary extension of classroom learning, right? It can sometimes lead to stress and just a disconnection from the joy of learning. But in homeschooling, we have the opportunity to redefine that aspect of education, right? Homeschooling encourages children to see learning as this continuous lifelong journey rather than like a series of assignments. And it, it gets to be about nurturing their natural curiosity and helping them explore the world around them. And when learning becomes a part of everyday life, it, it's natural for it to transcend the boundaries of, you know, just homework and and work to be done as a task, and it becomes a passion. And I think that's why there's such a stereotype of homeschoolers being nerds, <laughs> because it's such a foreign concept to love learning in school like that much. And homeschooling tends to place a significant emphasis on nurturing a love for lifelong learning, because it recognizes that education is not confined to the walls of the classroom. It's not limited to a specific time frame. And as we've talked about today, and many of you you know, are now experiencing, like in a homeschooling environment, children have the freedom to explore their interests deeply. Like they're not just learning to pass exams or complete assignments. They're learning because they're genuinely curious and passionate about a subject. And if your kids are fighting you in those early weeks, like stay with us because uh, it's a big part of what we're doing next week in a in an episode on like staying the course and consistency will win, win in the long run and practical tips on how to overcome like I don't want to do my work and, and kind of fighting with you and, and just not being interested because it will turn around. And it is very, very common for, you know, new homeschooling parents and tenured ones. But, you know, just this overall approach to homeschooling will instill, I think, just a profound sense of motivation, right? Intrin intrinsic motivation for our kids because they get to discover that learning is not a chore, but it's something that they actually love and they become curious explorers. They're eager to uncover new knowledge and insights, right? 
homeschooling allows them per, to pursue their own passions instead of just following the masses. And I also believe that homeschooling encourages self-motivation. You know, children get to set their own goals, manage their time. They're not being told what to what to do and where to be at every moment. They get to take ownership of their own education and learning. You know, I love the fact that we have a homeschool friend, a student who's 15, about to be 16, and she comes over twice a week to watch the boys for a few hours while I can do some work. And like, then she does her own schoolwork on a different part of the day. And she's gotten to take ownership of that. And she's getting to work and make cash under the table because you can't do it legally. And she gets to have those experiences and see what it's like to make those decisions for herself and be self-motivated in those in those areas, right? And they get to become active participants in shaping their learning experience. And I mean, gosh, that sense of control just empowers any individual, let alone student, to just pursue knowledge independently. And it's a skill that's invaluable, not just in education, but, you know, throughout their lives. And I just think it's one of the coolest things about homeschool. Okay. So that's what I have for you today is some of like the, the hottest, trendiest parts of really breaking free from traditional education and deconstructing, you know, the notion of a traditional classroom and what we might need to be replicating in homeschooling. Right. So as I always say, don't get overwhelmed by all of those things. Take one nugget, just sit on it, sift through it, see what you want to do. And that's why I, I'm kind of designing these episodes in a chronological order where as you're getting started homeschooling, you can kind of start at the beginning and, and every week, you know, if you just all of a sudden hop into week 10 or 12, it's still going to be valuable and resonate, but then you can always go back and sort of like revisit something and take another different piece away as valuable, right? So thank you so much for sharing and until next time. If this is resonating with you and you want to be free of the uncertainty and overwhelm, then hop on over to thisismygeneration.com and join the waitlist for our Harvest program or check out our early bird special. Doors open September 25th and myself and Dr. Katie Scott are very excited to help parents get out of their head and get in sync with their homeschool vision and plans. Our four-step process of sowing seeds of clarity, reaping the fruits of alignment, staying rooted in empowerment and thriving in community include all the concrete ways to overcome the common mindset challenges homeschool parents face and move you into a growth mindset that will trade the uncertainty and overwhelm for calm confidence. And don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast and follow us on Instagram at underscore this is my generation.